Welcome to Snowbirds and RV Travelers, the weekly show for RV enthusiasts, where we talk about parks, activities, travel tips, trends, reviews, and the latest news affecting your RV experience. For more content and guest opportunities, head over to rvpodcast.com. That's rvpodcast.com. Today, we're talking with Jessica Ryder, owner of Pull Through Sites Mobile RV Repair. Jessica started her company in 2019 to be a voice for the average weekend camper and pivoted in 2021 to mobile RV repair. Jessica, along with all the technicians at Pull Through Sites, are RVTI certified technicians, servicing customers locally within 100 miles of St. Louis, Missouri, and online around the world via their Text a Tech line. How are you doing today, Jessica? I'm great. How are you? Dandy. <laughs> Nothing's gone wrong so far. Yeah, that's a good thing. <laughs> hey, um, quick question just to start us off. Um, you talked about RVTI certification. What does that mean? So RVTI means the RV Technical Institute. It is the only recognized school through the RV industry that certifies technicians to become obviously certified RV technicians. So we went through their schooling to become certified technicians uh, through all of their different levels that they have. Oh, okay. So I guess there's guys that could be out there saying, hey, I'm an RV tech and actually never went to school for it. You would be actually be very surprised to know that there is a large amount of people that work at dealerships that are not actually certified technicians. Wow. Yeah, there's a really big push. I know in the RV industry, there is a very big push specifically from the RV Technical Institute to get a lot of these technicians that are out there actually certified. I think that would be a great idea. <laughs> yeah, agreed, agreed. <laughs> um, so we've talked a little bit before and um, you actually have a few extra things that get missed, perhaps, because every RVer has a maintenance checklist. But what do you find is the number one vital component that you see uh, that you see failing on an RV that could be dealt with on an RVer's annual inspection? You know, it's always the stuff that you don't see, the mechanical components, right? We find that a lot of times the leaf springs are not correct for the load of the trailer. A lot of consumers don't understand how much their stuff actually weighs. And then the rate rating that's on the leaf springs. A lot of times we see leaf springs that are right at that limit uh, for the trailer load. But then by the time you put all your stuff in there, now you're overloaded and you could run into some issues. You know, when you're towing these things down the road, you're hitting bumps, you're hitting all kinds of things that really have an impact on that load weighing on your axles and on your leaf springs. And you know what? Brakes are another area of concern. Uh, you know, we actually just had a job this week that we went into just repack the bearings and the customer said, hey, there's there has been a noise coming from one of my wheels. I think it's the brakes, but I don't know. When we got it off, yeah, he ended up needing new brakes. And so... Those are the things that you may not think about, but those are the foundations of your RV. Those are the things that keep you rolling safely down the highway. So yeah, you want to make yeah. sure that at least on a yearly maintenance, if not 
you know, twice a year, you're checking the bearings, the brakes, the axles, the leaf springs, those kind of things. So, you know, on that topic, when I'm underneath the RV and I'm looking at the leaf springs, how do I know if they're overloaded or if they're worn out? So a good leaf spring should have a curve in it. So it's going to curve from one side. Basically, this is how I look at it. And I'm not going to have the technical terms because I like to dumb everything down for myself, right? I, I'm a visual learner. I like, to, I like to see things. So you're going to want to see a curve. And if you've got, you know, my trailer has two axles, right? So I've got two leaf springs on one side and two leaf springs on the other. So there's got to be a good curve on the between the tire, right? And so you want to look for that curve. If it's flat, that's a problem. If it you've got a bolt or something that's loose, if you've got a crack or anything, that is a problem in the leaf spring. So you really want to take a look at those. If they're flat, you've got an issue. If there's a bolt loose, if there's, you know, I can tell you, we just looked under ours and we do. One of our U-bolts is actually loose and was not on there correctly. So that's an issue that we need to look at and repair. Okay, that's smart. Now, you also mentioned um, repacking the bearings with grease. Is that something that, you know, any do-it-yourself RVer can actually manage on a nice day in his driveway? Sure. I mean, listen, part of the reason we started our business is to be that resource, not only for people that cannot do things themselves, but for people that can. That's, you know... Uh, the point of our text-to-tech program is people that get halfway through a repair and then get stuck and they need to they need to ask a technician. So when it comes to bearings, yes, it absolutely is something that you can do yourself, but it's dirty. Um, you know, I was out repacking the bearings on Tuesday with one of my technicians, so it's a dirty job. And to do it right, you really need to you know, take the tire off. You need to take the brake drum off. You need to really clean that brake drum. You need to take the time to, you know, I'll, I'll just tell you, like, you know, one of my texts, he'll put the, the, the grease in his hand and he's really packing that. And you need to take the time to really pack that new grease into that bearing and get the old grease out of there. So yes, you can do it on your own. It, when you think about the process of it, it's a very easy process. But it is dirty and you're got to take that tire off and you got to clean the brake drum and you've got to do those things to really do it properly. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Now, you mentioned the the text attack line. What is that? What is that? And how does it work? So for us, you know, we want to help our viewers all across the U.S. and all around the world. So we have a text number that you can text if you are in a jam and you need something really quick. Uh, we will, one of our technicians will get back to you. You know, I've got several people that uh, will text us all the time and they're handy. They can do things themselves, but they get stuck on something. You know, we had somebody that they had a, an awning that had an issue and they're in California and we're here in Missouri, right? We, we don't service them. But what we were able to do is walk them through how to secure their awning, like one of their arms broke, right? So we were able to walk them through how to secure their awning and then get them to a local dealership out there that could help them get get a new arm for their awning. So that's what our text line is. Again, it's open to anybody across the US. If somebody has an issue and we can walk you through getting it at least functional or getting it to a safe 
place that you can then get it to somebody that can work on it. That's what we do. And now is this a subscription service? Do I have to pay to get a hold of this number or? No, it's absolutely free. Ah, do you want to give it to me now? Yes, absolutely. We can give it out. You know, anybody that goes to our website, it, you know, there's a pop-up on the, if you go to it on your phone, um, just says, ask it, you know, ask a tech and you can type in your question and we'll get it answered for you. Perfect. And that's the pullthroughsites.com, all one word. Okay. Yep. And through okay. it, through is spelled T-H-R-O-U-G-H. Got it. Good thing you mentioned that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And here's the other thing I wanted to ask you is, uh, what about hitches? Like, I, there's all kinds of different ones. Is that something that, I mean, it should be checked, I guess, but what do you look for? So when it comes to hitches, obviously there's all different kinds. You've got, if you've got a travel trailer, you know, we highly, highly recommend you getting a hitch with some kind of sway control. It really makes a difference when you're pulling. So if you've got a travel trailer, you want to be looking for, you know, are things rusted? One of the biggest things that will rust a lot of times on those hitches is the locking mechanism for the ball. Make sure that works. Make sure, I can tell you when we had a travel trailer, we would have to, you know, spray some WD-40 or something on there every once in a while because it just, it would not move correctly. Um, and if you pull a travel trailer long enough, you know that, you know, hey, if that locking me mechanism doesn't move, sometimes you're not all the way on the ball correctly and you got to you gotta kind of adjust a little bit. But sometimes that mechanism just won't move at all. So it's making sure things like that work. Are your chains in good condition? Are, you know, is the power cord in good condition that's going to plug into your tow vehicle? How about your braking system, right? You've got a line that's going to go all the way back to the brakes on your trailer. Is that working properly? You know, there's an easy way that you can test that. And so those are the kind of things on a travel trailer you want to make sure of. And a lot of those similar things can happen on a fifth wheel as well. I know like we have a fifth wheel, we have an Anderson hitch, you know, we'll make sure that 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 hitch is greased properly at least once a year so it slides down on the ball easily. You need to do the same thing if you have a standard fifth wheel hitch. Just make sure that all those things are working correctly. Make sure that, you know, there's no damage to your brake line or the, the line that plugs into your, your um, tow vehicle or anything like that. Is there an easy way for an RVer to actually test? his uh to see if the brakes are working yeah you literally just have to pull the line and see if it grabs oh the breakaway the breakaway that's it you just got to pull that breakaway line make sure now, it grabs. what about um testing your trailer brakes as in uh you know push on your tow vehicle brake pedal and then the trailer should break at the same time is there a way to test that so I, the best way that we do every time we pull out of our driveway to go on a, a trip for the weekend, you know, we pull out onto our, our road here and we test the brakes, you know, and actually, um, we have a YouTube video on our uh, channel that shows how we do that. And we test to make sure that that trailer is stopping correctly and those brakes are working correctly. Awesome. So is there quite a few videos on your YouTube channel, like to check different stuff out? We do. Yeah. We have a lot of videos out there um, of just simple maintenance things that you need to be checking. Yeah. Because I think that's part of the whole RV lifestyle. I mean, it's a, it's a home that moves and it needs to be maintained just so you have 
a good, safe vacation. Correct. You're absolutely correct. Like you, I tell people all the time, you are pulling your home down the highway. A lot of times it's 70 miles an hour. So things are going to move and twist and bend and you need to maintain it probably a little bit more seriously than you do your home. Right. Yeah. Your home won't crash into anything. Right. Your home doesn't crash into anything. Um, you're not moving it. This RV. And, you know, I was talking to a gentleman yesterday and he said, you have to think there's so many things that are in a, in a um, RV that is the same thing you have in your home. You have a fridge, you have a water heater, you have a furnace, you have a stove. Like all of those same things are in an RV. You've got to maintain them. Well, I was going to ask you again for the do-it-yourselfer. Is there, do you have a video or something on your website that will actually tell folks, you know, what the basic uh, RV toolbox looks like? The kind of things that you should have in there, whether you got to beg, borrow, or steal them? So <laughs> that's kind of funny. Um, so there is a video out there. It's an older video. I think we did it maybe a year ago, year and a half ago. Um, but when we camp, we carry what's called the bucket of tools. And this is literally a orange five gallon bucket from Home Depot or Lowe's or one of the hardware stores. And there's an insert that goes in it that has all the pockets for all these tools. That bucket goes on every trip with us. Uh, we also take a, you know an impact drill on every trip with us. That's just kind of something anal that that my husband does. But if you have just a simple bucket of tools that you take everywhere. It's got your wrenches in it. It's got, you know, you don't need 35 wrenches. Take three or four wrenches, take a hammer, take some screwdrivers, always have a thing of duct tape. Um, we always have tie wire in there. Um, you know, maybe some, some kind of cutters, just easy things like that, that you just have in your, with you, keep it in your RV if you want. And usually those things can get you out of any jam or fix anything. You'd be shocked at how much tie wire can just fix, at least to get you home. Yes, yeah, you're right. Or it can get, it can end up uh, at your RV dealer or with your technician or. Exactly, exactly. There is one thing that I do remember again, cause I have a sort of a toolkit for the RV as well. Um, it's a dedicated RV toolkit because I find if I, put stuff in and take stuff out, I'll either forget to put it in or I'll forget to take it out. And then I'll end up at an RV site and need to fix something simple, but that, that one tool, and then I'm running around, hey neighbor. <laughs> well, that's the beauty of the, the camping community, right? You have somebody, if you forget something, you know your neighbor probably has it, or your neighbor two, two campsites down probably has it. And everybody is so nice and welcoming but they let you borrow anything most of the time. Yeah, it's actually shocking how friendly RVers are, like consistently, 100%. Uh, yes, yes, agreed. Now, we've talked a lot about uh, things that you should look at your own RV, but what about before you're buying it? You know, uh, you've spotted this great looking RV. It's got a nice paint job on it. You know, do you have a checklist or, or things that we should look for before we buy it? So the one thing I recommend is actually having somebody go and inspect it for you. That's something that we do. There are a lot of people out there that do it as well. I can tell you from personal experience, 
you know, we're, we've bought two RVs now, the two hour walkthrough that they do with you or three or however, you know, some dealerships are different. You will never look at everything and you won't be able to, um, turn on the water. Right. So those are some of the things that like, when you go, you want to be able to turn on the water. You want to be, you know, most of the time they'll pull like a, a battery pack or something out for you and, and turn on all the lights and show you all the slides and all that kind of stuff. You really, really need to look at the foundational things. Look at the axles, look at the, the leaf springs, look at the tires. You know, I would even go as far to say, you know, have them jack that thing up and, and pull the, the tires off and take a look at those brakes you will be shocked at the stuff that you see that gets sold. So I would not hesitate to do those things. Get on the roof. Look at all of those seals on the roof. Run those slides in and out. You know, we bought, we have a Montana. We, when we bought that, I had it in the shop the first month because a slide motor went out. Run those slides multiple times. Listen if anything sounds off. You know, Turn on all of the propane. Stand there for a couple minutes and see if you smell propane. A lot of times, you know, um, whoever you're buying it from, they may do their own inspection, but I've heard stories and, and seen it where they forget to do something or they, there's a fitting that's too loose or something like that, and now you're smelling propane. And you don't want to do that when you're out on your first trip right? You want to do that on the dealership lot. You know, my biggest thing with a dealership is I'm buying this from you. I want to be satisfied. I want everything to be working properly. Don't get there and get intimidated because you got to sign the paperwork and you're trying to figure out the financing and do all this kind of stuff. Slow the process down. Ask them to do every possible thing, mechanical thing that could go wrong on that RV. Um, now, you mentioned getting somebody to go out with you, more of a professional, for instance, a technician. What would you charge, for instance, or what should people expect to pay for a pre-purchase inspection? So it's going to vary by state, and obviously by country and all that kind of stuff. So I have seen it like we charge anywhere from $650 to $850, depending on the trailer, right? Um, if you've got something that's a little 22-foot travel trailer, probably six six $650. If you've got you know, a Class A you know, super slide motorhome, we're, we're talking closer to a thousand dollars. That has a lot more components and mechanisms and things like that. We need to, we need to test. So it's really going to range like that. And I have, and most people are the same. They're anywhere from, you know, 800 to $1,600. Which, you know, part of me, but it does sound like a lot of money to spend. So I guess you really want to be sure that this is the RV you want before you go through something like that, yeah. But I can also speak from personal experience. I bought an RV. It had the 112-point checklist. Everything was checked off as working. And then when I got home, not all of it was working. Now, the dealership was good. I mean, they fixed and repaired anything that needed to be. But it's a good thing I didn't drive off a lot to an RV campground because you know, things were not working. Well, and if you think about the market that we're in right now, we're in a really big used market. So people are buying a used RV. 
even if somebody only, you know, let's say somebody bought this RV in 2020 or 2021 and they used it two times and now they're selling it used, you have no idea if the dealer did a good thorough inspection before that person bought it. And if that person didn't know to do a good inspection, now you're buying it and you have no idea. So yeah, it seems expensive, but at the end of the day, you know, for some of these things, what's your life worth? You know, I, 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 we've had calls, people stuck on the side. I mean, we've, we've literally changed things on the side of the highways before because people are stuck and their trailers swaying and they, they almost lost control, but they were able to pull over and guess what? It needs a new leaf spring or it's a, you know, it's an axle issue or something like that. Yeah. Sounds especially worthwhile if you're buying it used privately versus a dealer that's going to make sure you're happy. Correct. Correct. And if you've got in your area, if you've got somebody that does an inspection, you know, it's worth connecting them with your dealer, making sure there's a good relationship there and just saying, Hey, look, I'm going to have my own person come in and take a look at this. And you know, if, if the dealer is on the up and up, usually they let them, let them do it with no issues. What's the most common uh, repair that you see that, that could have been avoided before they went out camping? if they'd actually looked for it. The most common things that we see are, well, this time of year, especially in the States, um, especially in the Midwest where we're located, um, we have furnace and water heater issues this time of year. Now, when the weather, when the weather breaks, um, you know, we'll have AC issues and that's simply because people don't maintain their AC units. They don't realize they need to get up there and they need to clean that AC out at least twice a year. It's very simple. You just need to climb on your roof. You need to pop that, you know, the outer cap off that AC unit and you need to inspect that fan. You need to make sure everything is cleaned out. You know, I don't know about where everybody else stores their RV. Mine is at my house. I live on a gravel road. All the dust is just going right into that RV while it's sitting you know, if you think about all the right. stuff that's in the air and it's all just going in there, like you, you got to keep that cleaned out. And two times a year is perfect. That usually gets us through, you know, kind of the, the summer months. That was a lot of great information. No, this is great. Um, thank you so much for having me on. And of course, I mean, hopefully you can tell the, the passion that I have for camping and RVing and, you know, the, the passion that we have for, for helping others. Awesome. Thanks very much, Jessica. Have a great day and uh, hopefully we'll chat about some other topics soon. Sounds great. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed it, share it with your friends. And if you'd like to hear more, please follow or subscribe. Your opinions are important. So please take a moment to share your ideas, comments on this show, or topics you'd like us to cover. For fun contests and picture submissions, check out our Instagram channel at Snowbirds RV Travelers. Snowbirds and RV Travelers is a Sun Cruiser Media production.